Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and everyone in between, the Naples Players Radio Theater proudly presents the Burns and Allen Show. It's time to join George, the straight man with a voice as smooth as butter, and Gracie, the queen of befuddlement and the mastermind of mirth, as they take you on an uproarious roller coaster ride of giggles, guffaws, and belly laughs. Well, last night George took Gracie to the ballet, and it's an evening he'll never forget. But he'd like to. To Gracie, it was a new and exciting experience, and she's still thrilled about it. Oh, gee, everybody was there. Did you notice Bob Taylor and Barbara Stanwyck sitting in front of us? Uh, yeah, uh, that Barbara Stanwyck certainly is gorgeous. Oh, I'll say. Those actors really marry beautiful women, don't you, George? Yes, that we do. During intermission, there was some very exciting gossip in the powder room. Oh? Mrs. Harris said, I wonder why Sarah Treadwell didn't come to the ballet. So I said, well, maybe she had a fight with her husband. And she said, oh, not Sarah. And I said, well, I don't blame her if he's running around with another woman. And so she said, poor Sarah, who will take care of their five children? And I said, well, not that no good husband of hers. Well, it sounds real exciting. Yes, it would be even more exciting if I knew who Sarah Treadwell was. You, uh, you, you, you don't know Sarah Treadwell. I don't even know Mrs. Harris. Hmm, interesting yarn. Uh, what did you think of the ballet? Oh, I loved it. Although you dozed off a couple of times. Uh, I ate too much dinner. Pickles were delicious. But the dancers were so polite, they danced on their toes so they wouldn't wake you. Well, to show my appreciation, I'll go backstage and teach them how to dance to Peabody. Peabody? What's that? He's a banjo player who's married to Sarah Treadwell. You know, the last scene at the ballet disappointed me. Remember how that big, strong, handsome man in tights chased the beautiful ballerina? Yeah. He chased her around that stage like crazy. She ran and he ran. She jumped and he jumped. She flew and he flew. When he finally caught her, boom, down came the curtain. I wish he'd started chasing her ten minutes sooner. Honey, that was the idea of the ballet. When the fellow caught the girl, the show was over. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Ralph. How are you? Gracie, you know Ralph Hanley. He makes out our income tax every year. Of course. How are you, Mr. Hanley? Fine, thank you, Mrs. Burns. George told me you were coming, so to help you, I figured out our income tax. You'll find it on the desk. The government owes us six million dollars. Mrs. Burns... How did you ever get such a figure? No starches and plenty of exercise. Lots of fresh air, too. By the way, Mr. Hanley, how come we never got the $9 million I figured the government owed us last year? They're waiting until next year, and then they'll send us to state of Texas. <sighs> Ralph, have you had your breakfast? Would you like Gracie to scramble you some eggs? Oh, please, George, we're out of eggs. The grocer left a dozen yesterday. 
I know. But I heard about a new thing called an egg shampoo, so I tried it. And when I shampooed the eggs, they broke. Uh, just fix us some coffee. All right. So, Ralph, how's the tax look this year? Oh, about the same as last. But I've been listening to you sing on the program, and we can deduct for that throat operation. I didn't have a throat operation. I know, but you're going to, aren't you? Uh, Just make out the tax. When I need bad jokes, I'll send for my writers. George, if you'll give me the canceled checks and records, I'll get busy. But please, don't let Gracie help me this year. Last year, when I took her to have some papers notarized, the man asked her to identify herself. She opened her compact, looked in the mirror, and said, Yes, it's me, all right. I'll see that she doesn't bother you. Come in. Hello, George. Is Gracie here? I'd like to speak to her. Gracie, Harry Morton wants to see you. I'll be right out. Harry, this is Ralph Hanley, my income tax man. How do uh, you hi, do? Harry. Uh, what do you want to see Gracie about, Harry? Well, tomorrow is Blanche's birthday, George, and I don't know what to get her. I thought maybe a diamond ring or a new car. By the way, Mr. Hanley, is that deductible? No, it isn't. I don't know what to get her. I thought maybe a handkerchief or bobby pins. Uh, pipe cleaners would be nice. Oh, hello, Harry. Hello, Gracie. George, I fixed some coffee for you and Mr. Hanley. You'll find it on the stove. Thank you. And I thought you'd like something to go with the coffee, so I made you some tea. Good. Now we can dunk. Come on, Ralph. Let's go in the den and get started on the tax. Gracie. I'm trying to decide what to give Blanche for her birthday. Have you heard her mention anything she'd like? No, but why don't you get her a green necklace to match the gold bracelet you got her for Christmas? She's got enough jewelry. Do you think it would be all right if I gave Blanche a pet? Why not? You're married. (laughs) No, no. I mean, something like a dog. Now, don't get a dog. I had one, and he couldn't even learn to run and fetch a stick. I threw that stick and brought it back between my teeth a hundred times. That stupid dog just sat there and looked at me like I was crazy. I wonder why. You're right about the dog, Gracie. Perfume would be nice. Or maybe a pretty nightgown. Oh, that's a good idea. I can just picture Blanche in a sheer black nightgown. Me too. Well, there goes that idea. Think of something, Gracie. Oh, I got it. A television set. My uncle said he just bought a beauty for $12,500. $12,500 for a television set? Well, that included the bar. That's what he really wanted. Hey, I know what I'll get. Blanche has always wanted an alligator bag. I'll surprise her with that. I'll put it in a candy box so she won't guess what it is. And when she opens it, she'll faint. <laughs> oh, this is a wonderful idea. Oh, it's nothing. I got a million of them. 
I'll be running along. Oh, George, can you ask him how much a woman can deduct for a missing husband? Uh, who's missing? Uncle Joe, Aunt Clara's husband. And if the government will allow... Gracie, I've seen Aunt Clara. Joe isn't missing. He's hiding. Oh, no, no, George. He's missing. You see, Uncle Joe's hobby is blowing glass. Every night he'd stay on the back porch blowing glass. And one night he blew a bottle around himself. He sat on the back porch and blew a bottle around himself. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, the milkman took him away with the empties. Gracie, you don't believe that story, do you? Well, why not? Lots of people have back porches. Huh. Oh, yes, I forgot that. And poor Aunt Clara had to support herself selling homemade bread. That's not easy. Aunt Clara is a smart businesswoman. She didn't sell her bread the day she made it. She kept it until the next day. Why was that? Well, it was day-old bread, and she could sell it cheaper. Funny, uh, that sounds right to me. Excuse me, Mr. Burns. Uh, I can't go on with your tax until you can explain some of these expenses. Now, here's an item. Fifty dollars for ten pogo sticks. Why did you buy ten? That's all they had. But, Mrs. Burns, what do you want with them? Those sticks come in very handy in case you're attacked by a pogo. George, huh, where's the aspirin? You'll find two bottles in the bottom drawer of the desk. Thanks. Gracie, just what is a pogo? You know, but I couldn't tell him that. He might think I was dumb. Now he thinks you're smart. George, do you think our tax bill will be very high this year? Yeah, but thank goodness for community property law. Community property law? Hmm, that's right. What's that? It's a law that says half of everything I've got is yours and half of everything you got is mine. Oh, then how come I only get one-fourth of what we make? Well, that's the way it works out. I'll show you. Now, here in my hand, I've got a dollar and change. Half of everything I've got is yours. Here's 50 cents. Thank you. Now, half of everything you've got is mine. How much have you got? 50 cents. Give me a quarter. There. You see how it works? Mm-hmm. I see real good. Let's do that again, and this time I'll start with a dollar. Okay. Now half of everything I've got is yours. Here's 50 cents. Thanks. Um, how does that second part go again? Half of everything you got is mine. How much have you got? 50 cents. Give me a quarter. Here. Thanks. You're right, George. It comes out the same way each time. Oh, sure it does. You must be awfully discouraged being married to a woman who doesn't understand money. Well, sometimes it comes in real handy. I'm sorry to interrupt again, George, but these items are driving me nuts. And Mrs. Burns, what is this? One wave, a hundred and ten dollars? A hundred and ten dollars? Gracie, 
Who gave you that wave? Muriel Roberts, and when I waved back, I drove into a telephone pole. Anything else you want to know, Ralph? Yeah. Give me some more aspirin. Come in. Hi, Burnses. Oh, hello, Bill. How are you, Bill? You still in love? Ah, more than ever, Gracie. It was just a week ago today that I met Ann Nelson. I went to buy her some flowers. As I was standing there waiting for them, I realized that this was the only girl for me. She really got you, huh? Oh, man, wait till you meet this florist. You fell in love with the florist? It's a good thing you buy your cigarettes from a machine. Bill, what happened to Ann? Well, certain people said I was interested in Ann just for her money. Who said that? Her banker, when I checked her account. So, Bill, you mean to say that you walked into this florist shop and fell in love with the girl just like that? Oh, no. There was some dialogue first. I said, hello, miss. I'd like to buy you some flowers. She said, roses are nice. And I said, fine. She said, how do you like the stems? I said, gorgeous. And the rest of you is cute, too. And we were engaged. Well, there's nothing like a nice long courtship. Gee, what a sweet girl, George. She gave me a carnation for my buttonhole. Now that's a silly trade. What will she do with your buttonhole? Press it in a book. Say, Bill, I... Uh, Press it in a book. Yes, I know, George. Bill, I'm going to ask the Mortons over for dinner tomorrow night. It's Blanche's birthday. How about you and your girl joining us? We'd love to, Gracie. Good. I'll phone Blanche. By the way, Bill, what's the girl's name? Mona Knox. It used to be Ethel Knox, but the gasoline companies paid her to change it. My first name used to be Asbestos, but they paid me off, too. Now, boys, please, I'm phoning. Hello? Blanche? Gracie, would you and Harry like to come for dinner tomorrow night to celebrate your birthday? Oh, I'd love to. I'll ask Harry and call you back. All right. Incidentally, I helped Harry decide on your present. You'll love it. Oh, what is it, Gracie? I can't tell you. It's a surprise. Aw, please. No. Well, let me guess. Um, is it a new stove? Well, you're so close, I might as well tell you. It's an alligator bag. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad you know, Blanche. He was going to put it in a candy box, and I was afraid you might eat it. Ah, yeah. Well, I'll call you back, Gracie. Bye. Goodbye. Harry, Gracie just invited us over there tomorrow night for my birthday dinner. Oh, murder. I hope Gracie doesn't bake you a cake. Remember that soggy thing she baked for George's last birthday? Now, Harry, it wasn't her fault George's cake was soggy. No. No. It had so many candles he couldn't blow them out, so they had to turn the hose on them. Why don't you stop exaggerating? George isn't as old as he looks. He couldn't be. Poor George is over there right now trying to figure out his income tax. 
Believe me, it would be a lot easier if it weren't for Gracie. I'll say it would. He wouldn't have any income. I don't know how that schnook ever tricked Gracie into marrying him. He didn't trick her. She wanted to get married in the worst way. Well, she did. Aren't we clever today? I don't care. I love Gracie. She's very sweet to give me a birthday dinner. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get there. Last time I went over there to dinner, someone told Gracie that stewed chicken was the most tender. When I got there, George was trying to sober it up so he could kill it. Anyway, her cooking is a lot better than sugar throats entertaining. So help me, if he sings tomorrow night, I'll slug him with my new alligator bag. Alligator? So Gracie told you. I should have known I couldn't trust her. Well, it's really my fault, she told me. I put the idea into her head. Blanche, putting an idea into her head is like putting a basketball into a thimble. Oh, hush. I'll tell her we're coming. Hello? Gracie, this is Blanche. We'll be there for dinner tomorrow night. Oh, good. We'll expect you, Blanche. Oh, and what kind of mince do you like, wintergreen or clove? Why? I'm making a hot mince pie. Uh, um, we're on a diet, Gracie. See you tomorrow night. Goodbye. Bye. Where did Bill go? His girl Mona is sitting out in the car. I told him to bring her in. Oh, isn't it wonderful? At last, Bill is really in love. I hope he doesn't meet anybody on the way out to the car. What a guy. A new romance every week. George, it's me again. Mrs. Burns, can you explain this item? One rubber boot. For the left foot, ten dollars. Well, what do you want explained? Why did you buy it? It's a bargain. I got it for half what a pair would cost. But why did you buy one left boot? I've only got one left foot. Satisfied, Ralph? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I'll go and finish the income task. <laughs> income task? Hey, Ralph. You're going in the closet. Oh, uh, pardon me. I'm a little worried about that guy. Did you notice that dazed look on his face? Oh, that's nothing. Almost everybody I talk to has that look. Well, I'll tell you, I'm still... George and Gracie, I'd like you to meet my fiancée, Miss Knox. Mona, this is Mr. and Mrs. Burns. Oh, hello. Pleased to meet you. Bill has told me all about you. He said you've been working for him for almost ten years. That's, uh, 
that's what Bill told you. Yes, he says you're a wonderful announcer. Uh, Bill, uh, this may come as a surprise, but I'm thinking very seriously of leaving you. George, Gracie, come here a minute. Play along with me. I'm trying to make an impression. I got it. Mona, we're all going to play along with Bill. Gracie! Mona is not in on this. Oh. Okay, Mona. As I was saying, Mona, George has been announcing for me for ten years. Is that right, boy? Yes, sir. Boy? I say funny things. I'm a comedian. Uh, and what do you do, Mrs. Burns? Oh, I help my husband. He's one of the greatest announcers in the radio business. He has a beautiful voice. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Won't you show me what you do, Mr. Burns? He'd be glad to. <clears throat> Are you preventing tooth decay with Amadent, ammoniated tooth? Take it, George. Paste. Amadent tastes delightful. It leaves your teeth bright and sparkling, your mouth feeling fresh and clean. Amadent is a great wake-up tooth. Paste. Amadent is recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. Give your entire family the protection of Amadent ammoniated tooth. Would somebody hand me a glass of water? Here. <coughs> Paste. Okay, now, George, that's enough. Mona, even if it means losing you, I've got to tell the truth. George isn't the announcer. Amadent's a great product, and they have the world's greatest announcer to talk about it. But I was just too modest to tell you it was me. Yes, Mona, he's a real shy boy. Mr. Burns, if you're not the announcer, what do you do? Well, sit down and show us, sugar throat. And if I call you Buttercup, the dandelions might eat you up, so buy a ring and change your name to mine. That's what I do. Oh, you're the sound effects man. No, I'm the script girl. I've got another item here, Mr. Burns. Folks, I want you to meet Mr. Hanley. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Hanley? Uh... I'll be right in, Ralph. And see you tomorrow night, Bill. We're having the same dinner we had the last time you were here, so will you please stop by the Brown Derby and ask them to send over a bottle of bourbon? Stewed chicken again, huh? Excuse me, I'll go in and see Ralph. Say, George, who's the guy with the loose shingles? One of Gracie's relatives? Nah, he's our tax man. He's trying to figure out Gracie's check stubs. Oh, well, that explains it. Come on, Mona. So long, George. Bye! Four years with the Pee Wee Quartet and she calls me a sound effects man. Mm, I love to call you Rose, dear, but roses fade away. Oh, roses die when winter time is dead. I love to call you Daisy. I, I um, I don't think Ralph Hanley should do our taxes. He's too nervous. You know, he asked me why I bought a thousand ping pong balls, and when I told him, he seemed upset. Well, why did you buy them? Well, I use them instead of mothballs. They don't smell up the closet. But they don't kill moths. 
Oh, yes, they do. When the moths bite into them, there's nothing there, and they starve to death. Hmm. Don't let anybody steal this idea. I'll get it. Hello? George, this is Harry Morton. I'm coming over to help you with your income tax. Harry, I've got a tax man. You had one. He just jumped out your window and he's running down the street. Thanks, Harry. Gracie, come over here to the window. Look at Ralph Hanley running down the street. My, he's flying, isn't he? Yes, and do you know why? Oh, sure. He's got to get that tax to Washington by March 15th. Yeah, that's what I mean. This has been a Naples Players Radio Theater presentation. If you have enjoyed this production, please let others know. You can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget, you can always see what's happening at the Naples Players by visiting our website, www.naplesplayers.org.